pretty shortly after I have gone full-time on the projects. So I jumped from 3K at the beginning of 2020 to like 8K MRR at the end of 2020. Hello and welcome back to Indie Bites, the podcast where I mean stories of fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. Today I'm joined by Patrick Posner, who is the creator of a portfolio of WordPress plugins which have been downloaded almost a million times and making him $12,000 a month. Patrick went full-time indie in 2020 and since then has both grown very quickly and then scaled back his operations to build the best sort of life for him. I love these types of stories of relatively unknown indie hackers who are just creating the dream lives themselves with internet businesses. If you've been tuning in to my two-per-week Indie Byte schedule over the past couple of weeks, you would have heard me wax lyrical about our sponsor, Hrefs. But I'm yet to bump into an indie hacker who has not seen success when they've invested into SEO. And today's guest, Patrick, is no different. So I do encourage you to give it a try to see if you can start to get some of that free organic traffic. Now, the first step is to do an SEO audit. You can see which keywords your pages are currently ranking for, understand how Google sees your content, and discover how making changes on your site can help blow up your traffic head to hrefs.com slash webmaster tools to try it out that's ahrefs.com and there's a link in the show notes so you can click and go straight there let's get into this episode with patrick so patrick welcome to indie bites how are you doing oh i'm doing good let's talk about you what were you doing before being full-time indie in 2020 I was employed as a one of the biggest companies here in Europe producing WordPress plugins as a full-time business. And uh-huh. I started my first plugins on the site and started to making, I don't know, 300 bucks. But at least it was something where, where I could see, okay, people paying actual money for solutions uh, they need to solve within their website. And I do love like complex products. So the first product I started out with was about password protection. And people were already familiar with, okay, you can add like a password and it unlocks something and oh, it's cool. So I went full ahead and said, okay, maybe we should offer password protection on a military standard level. So with the highest <laughs> encryption possible and with all <laughs> kinds of fancy features and people were just blown away by, okay, this is just a WordPress website, but I even found like hacker forums trying to unlock the content and try different things to avoid the protection. And it was such a great feeling to, to actually read in that, in that forum that people weren't able to hack it. So. That was kind of the starting point and all products following from that followed a similar pattern. So I started with password protection, then moved to file protection. And my most popular and also the newest one is Simply Static, a static site generator that is built for people that are not going to open a code editor and pushing markdown files or any of that. They just want to use WordPress publish their content and simply static handles the rest. So it automatically converts it and you can publish it almost for free on Netlify or GitHub pages. Or So that makes sense with your background working for a big company making WordPress plugins. Now, Patrick, often people, when they're doing something every day, they make their side project about something different. But you seem to do it, of, did more of what you were doing in your day job. Did you not want an escape or did you just really believe in the WordPress plugin market? Kind of. So... I also started some ZES projects on the site, but (laughs) 
all of them are pretty much failed miserably. So we have like zero users and the server costs like 100 bucks a month and <laughs> no one is interested. And I, I barely starting to know how marketing as a, as a tool works. So mm. I had absolutely no idea. I thought, okay, I put this online. People spend all their money on it. They will love it. And that, that <laughs> doesn't work. So with WordPress, you have like a, a the WordPress org repository, with, which is kind of like the app store for mobile apps. And yeah. you have at least a starting point for marketing. So people organically find your plugin, download it, install it, and maybe upgrading to the pro version later. Now, on your website, you say that your WordPress plugins have been downloaded almost a million times, 830,000 times. That's a lot of downloads, Patrick. Is that all coming from the WordPress repository or do you have like separate channels for marketing to get those downloads? The number itself is just from the WordPress org repository. It don't oh, wow. even count the, uh, the pro versions. So each time someone upgrades uh, from the free to the pro version, I most likely lose the download uh, within that number. So we are way closer now to 1 million downloads. Um, so WordPress Org is one of the main marketing channels right now. The other one is my website. So I invested pretty heavily in SEO and writing tutorials. I think there's like 170 tutorials. So things like how to password protect your portfolio as a photographer to give an easy way to offer your images uh, secured behind a password login for your clients so they don't need to hassle with an account and need to maintain their own password and things like that. That worked quite well. So these days I'm getting more conversions from my website than from the WordPress org repository. That's interesting with your website because I think a lot of people might neglect a personal website as somewhere where they can generate traffic and new leads for their website. Now, you do weekly tutorials on your website, right, yeah. where you're writing these. What made you do those and how much traffic are you generating using those tutorials? So the idea using my own name as my main website was basically that I couldn't find a company name that wasn't already or was was still available so i just used my name there was a funny little little problem a year ago where someone actually took the time to check my domain expiration for the .com domain and snapped it right before the renewal kicked in and tried to resell it to me for like 10k for a period of one year that's why the domain is .dev, not .com. He gave up after a year and let the domain expire. And now I'm the owner again. But yeah, that's why it's .dev and not .com. Patrick, um, that is so cheeky. So you yeah. owned the domain and they snapped it. Yeah. Like, as it expired? Just before the automatic renewal from my hosting provider kicked in. So how much did you have to pay to get it back? So he tried like 12 times to resell it to me. I think the initial offer was like 10K and he lowered it from email to email. So the final offer was like two and a half K. And I said, no, I will not support this business model. And I just wait. I waited for almost a year and he let it expire and immediately grabbed the domain back and redirected everything back to the .dev domain. Right now I'm getting like 500 to 800 unique visits per day on my domain. And 
The conversion is pretty high, so I'm kind of tracking if you read the article completely or just the introduction and like 65% reading the entire article and there's a little call to action at the bottom where you can sign up for a free trial for the particular plugin. And I have like 10 to 15 signups for the free trial per day, which is pretty great. And the conversion from the free trial to the paid version is almost 35%. That worked really well as a marketing wow. channel for me. Are you searching out for these in Ahrefs to find keywords or are you just doing what you think might be useful and it's generating organic traffic? I started just like everyone is doing with blogging. So I thought, okay, maybe that was a, would be a good idea mm -hmm. and maybe that. And once I got some money in the bank, I finally gone the step and afforded yearly subscription on Ahrefs to oh, wow. get a better understanding about keywords and how all things work and maybe keywords we we don't even cover right now and there's like billions of keywords i'm not covering right now which would be a perfect fit for for a specific product of mine and yeah that i'm trying to professionalize the entire business especially this year doing more marketing using hrefs in a more professional way. So specifically creating keyword lists and tracking competitor positions for specific keywords to grow that business to a, to the next level, basically. Now I've noticed that your pricing model for all of your plugins are sort of yearly subscriptions instead of monthly. Is that across all of your plugins? Yeah. So yearly payments are quite common in the WordPress product space. It's kind of what people got used to over the last years. I tried monthly payments, but in the end, it never really worked out. So you had like a monthly payment plan and someone canceled like after four months and still use the, the problem is that you ship the actual code instead of when you have a, like a software as a service system, you own the code and someone subscribes to a tool and use it or not. But if you sell like a, a WordPress plugin or a theme or like any kind of downloadable software product, the customer has the code. And if he has the technical knowledge to, to trick it, he can basically strip out all of the security mechanisms for the license check. There aren't that many people doing that, but at least it's an option. And I have the feeling that if you have a monthly plan, people are more likely doing that instead of just paying their monthly fee, even if it's like 10 bucks a month or so. With yearly, it's just not worth the hassle to remove all kind of security restrictions from the product. And instead, they just pay their yearly payment. And the churn is quite low. The average customer stays with my product for at least five years. I think it's it's not a lock-in effect, but it's good that these products are kind of complex. Let's take the, the password protection plugin, for example. It's just not worth it to... I have a competitor selling like 59 bucks a year or so. Yeah. But the amount of work that needs to be done to switch from my product to their product is just not worth like 40 bucks a year. So people like to stay and they appreciate the updates. And I have a security company regularly auditing all of my products for any kind of security risks that kind of ships as a additional service for all of my customers so they can be sure, okay, when I got hacked, it's at least not from a product from that guy. So when you 
left your job in 2020 obviously that was covid year how much were you making from your plugins and was it enough to sort of replace your salary or were you taking a bet on yourself it was kind of enough to get by it was three or four k mrr at that time so it was enough to justify the decision to go all in on that but i seriously hope for an increasement over time and it really skyrocketed pretty shortly after i have gone full-time on the projects so i jumped from 3k at the beginning of 2020 to like 8k mrr at the end of 2020 oh okay interesting so at the end of 2020 you're at 8k I won't put in this episode if you're not comfortable sharing the numbers. You said you're at 12K now. That's not a huge amount of growth in the last year compared to the year before. Why is that? It's kind of on purpose. So my initial idea about my company was to have like a lifestyle business. So I decided to step back in 2021 a bit and sold a couple of my projects to narrow down my portfolio of products. I added a permanent contractor to the team. She's writing content regularly. She basically covers everything regarding tutorials right now. I also started onboarding a freelance developer uh, at the end of 2022 to help with Simply Static, basically maintaining the free version, handling bug fixes a a little bit quicker. So for me, it's more important to have like a relaxed business type and not so much about the revenue. So, I mean, yeah. we are now at like 12K MRR and like 9K net revenue at the end of each month, which is, which is way more than I would need to get by on a monthly basis. I do try to increase it now, but also balancing it out with the amount of work that need, needs to be done to, to increase that revenue. Patrick, that is such a wonderful approach to it, because my question was going to be, how do you slow down growth when it's going quickly? Or how do you say no to more? But you've made it very clear what your ambitions are, which is to optimize for a better, relaxed, calm life, rather than scaling, 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 and trying to keep up with it, which I know some indie hackers can fall into the trap of. Now, you know how these podcasts end. Patrick has actually listened to the entire back catalogue of Indie Bytes. But for those listening, a book, a podcast, and an indie hacker from you, please, Patrick. Yeah, sure. So, a book. I have Why We Sleep from Matthew Walker, a podcast. The Bootstrap founder from Arvid Carl is yeah. one I really love. It's also, I think a lot of people who like Indie Bytes will love the Bootstrap founder and Indie Hacker. There are actually two i like to recommend one is florian yep. mirke florian mirke is a solopreneur building ios apps and yeah. another one i like to recommend is leo tree i think it's tree he's the founder of codeforstartups.com patrick thank you so much for your recommendations and coming on this episode of indie bites yeah thanks for having me have a nice day appreciate it thank you for listening to this episode of indie bikes don't forget to check out today's sponsor hrefs the best tool for growing your business using seo i've got a few exciting announcements coming up in the next few weeks so make sure you follow me on twitter so you don't miss out i'm at jay mckinvan or just hit the link in the show notes hope you're enjoying this twice weekly indie bikes content and i will see you on friday <laughs>